You know, for the first time ever, there's actually a wine and beer store near Red Bull Arena. Is there? Yeah, they're they're building that area up. It did um, take a long time, but yeah, there is stuff there. But I didn't know there was like yeah, a liquor so, like, store type it's, thing. It's, it's almost it's like right off the train too. So like when you get off the train to go oh, to a it's game, perfectly located. Yeah, you can go buy a bottle of rosé. I'll buy a beer. <laughs> to each his own. You know how it is. <laughs> Straight Red Plex North is your host, Jeff Ross, and down in the horrible south, as usual, <laughs> is a man who made me wait a full hour oh, to get this I, recording started. I had things to do. Hashtag war on Alex himself, Alex S. Kidler. I was Alex, unavoidably how detained. How does it feel <laughs> to be awful um about normal apparently but no i had i was unavoidably detained i well were you arrested what are you talking no, about i was at work and work ran over and and then uh i rode home with my friend jason and then i had to move my car and now i'm home <laughs> well i know who jason is so i'm gonna put part of the blame on him. oh you put 100 percent of the blame on jason well no no i can't do that you're clearly part of the problem here but yeah. Jason, uh, Jason is a liability. He so is. That, that that part that part is fair. I also had a late day at work. How was your day at work, Jeff? It was good, but we were having um, a bunch of technical issues today. Uh, for those gingers who don't follow super closely on my life, and I totally understand why, I'm boring. But this new job uh, involves you know putting together a comedy show. And so it's not live yet. It will be. And trust me, I will push it once it is live. <laughs> you will hear about Shameless plugs. Uh, there, oh, my God. There, yep. will be no, there will be no shame. Um, we're doing test shows right now. So we still do filming and stuff, and we're writing the shows out and all that, just specifically to work out the exact problems that we're running into. But today was an especially like problematic day from a production standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the day was – it dragged on. It dragged on really, really late. Uh, but really, really late for this job is only uh, a half hour after I would normally. Yes, screw <laughs> so you. It's not, it's not that bad. I work it's retail. I hate you. <laughs> uh, why do I live here? I don't know. What is my life? Oh, I don't know. God. I, know. I know I'm getting us way off topic. But uh, New York is very, very expensive, and if you're going to live there, you should really have a very good reason <laughs> to do so. I know? do not. Well, except that you know you occasionally get to see the U.S. Men's National Team play soccer. That well, happens on occasion. You know, every time I've seen the U.S. Men's National Team play there, they've won. I didn't go to this most recent game. Was there? You didn't miss much, Jeff. Oh, you did what, oh, what a run of games. What a weekend lately. we had. So we, Gingers, you know, and we're just beating around the bush here, but you know. We lost in big ways. Big, big ways. We lost to Mexico. And, you know, in a heartbreaking way, because we came roaring back in that game. And then 
just got stunned, absolutely stunned by a phenomenal goal. Oh, a world uh, class just, finish! Yes, she uh, all all credit to Mexico. I mean, they earned that win. There, there wasn't any sort of like blown call or something like no. that at the end. Like that, that goal was clean, almost too clean. It, oh, that broke some hearts. Yeah, uh, but we we lost to Mexico in front of ninety thousand people, which is always a great way to embarrass yourself <laughs> at home. Keep in mind, this is in the uh-huh. United States. Go to New York and lose to Costa Rica. Yep. <sighs> well, and, so, and really quickly, let, let me say mm-hmm. this. We talked last week about if we lose these games, or this game, I don't even think we talked about the Costa Rica match, mm-hmm. does Jurgen Klinsmann get fired? And we both said that the, I think that the answer should be no. Well, um, the answer would be no. Yeah. But the answer would be no. Um, I, I don't see Jurgen Klinsmann getting fired unless he fails to qualify for the 2018 World Cup. That, I think that would do it. And by that, I mean like fired before the end of his contract ends in 2018 anyway. Uh, but to get fired before then, he would have to just not qualify. So at that point, what are you, what are you paying for? Right. You know what I mean? Well, and my thing What's too, on? though, is, you know, it, it, I don't think you allow a single result, regardless of what that result is, to be sort of why you fire a coach. I don't think that's sort no, of how we need to be. But it's a, It would be a collection of results. Yes. Is, is, would be a reason to fire Or somebody. even something maybe even less concrete than that. I think if you're going to fire him, you fire him because four or five years ago or whatever, when he talked about playing this possession-based, attacking, creative, attractive soccer... And now, four years into this experiment, you're still talking about players not understanding the program. Either your program sucks or you suck at talking about it. Like, that's <laughs> all there is to it. I like how that was phrased. I mean... Either you so oh my. I'm sorry. Oh my. I just... No, you, you don't have to apologize. And I mean, why would you? So, I mean, let, let's, let's, let's look at it. Because uh, we're going we're gonna to obviously talk about this for a little bit here. But right now... This is the most depth that we've had player-wise for the U.S. men's national team. Mm -hmm. In the history of the team, the amount of players you have that you could say, oh, this person could play international football. Most have ever had. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann's win-loss-and-draw record is the best in the modern era for a U.S. men's national team coach. In the past four months, we've beaten Germany and we've beaten the Netherlands, both in Germany and in the Netherlands. Also in April of this year, we beat Mexico. Yeah, we did. 2-0. That's all happened. He's had historic wins. He beat Mexico in Estadio Azteca, which we've never done. Right. It's never happened. Beat Italy in Italy. We're winning games. But not the right ones, folks. Not the right ones. We, we've done poorly here in the Gold Cup. Uh, we may be about to get bounced out of Olympic qualifying, which we'll get more into that, of course, Alex. But and that's a problem as well. And I have to say, you know, I've been trying to be an apologist for quite some time for Jurgen Klinsmann, but this is this is unacceptable results. I got into, as is often the case, a heated argument about this, and someone was saying like, "Oh, why do we even follow this team? You know, we never win the big games." Like that's not true. We do, but that's why this is more upsetting. This was all winnable. This yeah. was achievable we could have beaten mexico and more importantly we could have beaten jamaica which is the real problem here 
<laughs> that's really what went wrong. Yeah. Is that we should have beat Jamaica of all of all teams. A team that we beat all the time. And I don't understand why we, we can't get this done. So that's why I'm done. That's why I would like to see someone else in the seat. But there's truly, if it's going to happen, there's like three weeks for that to happen. Yeah. Well, what, when we still had Bob Bradley, I, I think that there was oh, always – I also got tired of, by the way. Of course you did. But I think the reason that we got tired of Bob Bradley, at least you, you heard the sentiment passed around a lot, was, okay – we have the talent to play above the level that we're playing right now, but the thinking is that the technical mind of a Bob Bradley is insufficient to really, really, you know, take advantage of that talent. Mm-hmm. And so my question becomes to you, do we know 100% that we're getting better use of our talent under Jurgen Klinsmann. Do you think that that's happening? You know, earlier I did. We had a win streak that was the best in the world. And that was like a year and a half ago. Yeah. We were just winning games for fun. Like It, it just didn't matter. There are times when this team can be brilliant. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's not consistent that you just can't trust it any anytime they come out it's like well what's going on some of this is we're rotating players all the time this you don't have a consistent team just to begin with some of it is um either these are the wrong players for Jurgen's system or he can't explain his system to these players either way like the information is there's something there's some disconnect here between what it is he's saying he wants to do right. and what we're seeing on the field. I mean you already you already talked about that, but I feel that we have better players than we've ever had. Sure, I, I really do. I really do. I think we have better players than we've ever had. Uh, except we don't have a Landon Donovan replacement. There's just like one player we don't have, but every every other position, like these are these are the best guys that we've we've had in these positions. And somehow, like you have defenders that on paper should be great defenders, and they can't play defense. Like what is going on? Bob Bradley's teams were boring, very boring. But we could always play defense. That yeah. was like something the United States could do. Bruce Arena's teams could play defense. Bruce Arena's teams were incredible at defense. Like that was our bread and butter as the United yeah. States. We would defend for like seventy minutes, right, and hope we could get you on the counter attack. You got I mean, it. We we were playing that way for what 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that. That was the strategy. Mm-hmm. We were just going to absorb all of this violence from your team, and you would make a mistake, we'd take advantage of it. And I did like that Jurgen wanted to become a more of an attacking team, and like we're going to press, and we're going to dictate the pace and all that. But we suddenly just don't know how to play defense anymore. And that that's very frustrating as a fan. I just I I don't have the faith. It's it's tough to have the faith that that that, that this is going to turn around um, in 2018. What what is it that we're looking for now? Like what what's supposed to change here? And we're going to find out pretty quickly. Genders qualifying and starts in mid November. You mentioned a lot of the the wins that we've had against European competition. I mean, it, it, it doesn't take long to think back to the Germany match or the the Netherlands. It's July. Match. That was in July. It was in July. But I would also, you know, if if you haven't seen that match or you haven't seen the highlights of that match, go and watch the types of goals that were scored. These goals were not scored because we, you know, possessed the ball for three straight oh, minutes no, no, in no. the attacking third and, you know, scored one of these beautiful Barcelona-esque goals. 
they we scored because we were more physical than the other team was in a lot mm-hmm. of instances. And to me, we've always done that. I don't I don't see that as yeah, being that's different. That's not new. Um, that's you know, not you scored new. against against the Netherlands. You had a goal from a center back, and then you mm-hmm. had three counterattacking goals. And two of those goals in that Netherlands game, last two minutes of the match. Yeah. They were beautiful goals. They Don't were. They were great. Wrong. They were great. They were the last two minutes of that match. We were going to walk out of there with a draw, which would have been great for a result. Oh, fantastic. Match. And we walked out of there with a win. Yeah. And not just a win. Like we, we, Well, I shouldn't say we were coming out of there with a draw. We were going to lose. <laughs> yeah. And we came out of there with a win in the last two minutes. Uh, and it was because we're scrappy. And that's the thing that I actually like a lot about this team is that we still have a fight in us. But recently, we haven't looked that way. I mean, I think we've dropped, what, four of the last five games? Something like that? Something horrible. One, two, three. Okay, three of the last four. We've lost. That's still terrible. I mean, abysmal. That's really bad. Yeah. That's really, really bad. Now, those were some games against some pretty tough talent, too. Let's not say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Of the last five, we have lost four because technically we lost that Panama game on penalty kicks. We did. Great. I love life. We beat Peru. That's what we did. That's what we've done lately. I'm proud of us. Well, my thing is, too, what are the ramifications in terms of personnel? Because, you know, I. There was a big thing with Fabian Johnson this past Which week. I don't. Something else is going on there. Well, let's 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 talk about it here briefly. So um, after the Mexico match, mm-hmm. Jurgen Klinsmann went to the press conference. I think the day after, and said the following quote: "I had a very severe word with Fabian Johnson, and I sent him home today." Yes. The gist of my understanding here is that Fabian Johnson is being accused by Jurgen Klinsmann of wanting to come off while not hurt towards the end of the match, the final substitution towards the end of the match uh, against Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to add complexity to this, mm-hmm. when he gets back to his club, yep. he's now being treated for a thigh injury and yep. practicing separately from his teammates because he's injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <sighs> Jurgen has this panache for putting his foot in his mouth. And and for saying things in public that he may not say in public. And it makes for great television. But I'm not entirely oh. sure it makes for great locker rooms. So uh, let's um, – I mean, well, obviously we have to play. We have to play with like who who's telling the truth. So if, if Jurgen Klinsmann's telling the truth, right? Yeah. So uh, Fabian Johnson's faking an injury, trying to get out in the 111th minute. Uh, or to actually to really go with what he said is that um, – Fabian Johnson looked like he was having an injury. That's why he was pulled. And then he finds out on the sideline that the concern was he felt he was about to have an injury. Like he was tightening up and that Mm -hmm. was going to be a problem. And that's why he wants to get off. So if Jurgen Klinsmann is right, that is a problem. You you don't want people just deciding that they can't play if they're not hurt. Right. Right. And um, that is something that has to be addressed. I get that. And Fabian Johnson's uh, defense he already had a thigh injury that he had surgery on. Yeah. And he missed serious time for. It's not so like he, this is something he's already dealt with. It's So he could be, uh, for lack of a better phrase, kind of sensitive to if he feels something might be about to happen. So even if he didn't, like, tear anything right at that moment, you know, <laughs> like if it wasn't totally, like, destroyed right at that second. 
I could see a player in that position. Like I have this history. This is about to explode. I just got, you know, minutes again from my club. Like I just got back on the field. Um, Cause he only started playing again in September. So like, I just got back on the field. I don't want to lose any more time. We're currently tied. I am not uh, our offensive powerhouse. That's not my position. Uh, so it wouldn't kill us if I, you know, if I wasn't here, um, I could see why you would pull yourself off. In both of these cases, that's an inside the locker room conversation. Right. That's not a press conference conversation. So if it's true that it's a fake injury, we take care of that behind the scenes. We're not going to do that in the press conference. If it is a real injury, we're still not going to have this thing in the press conference. Because what it is, as far as the press is concerned, we subbed him off in the 111th. We put in Brad Evans. That's what we did. My thing is, what what possible advantage do you think you can gain by throwing someone under the bus in a press conference? I guess you're trying to send a message, but considering your reputation, considering your reputation is overtraining your players and pushing them too far, I'm not entirely sure that's the the horse that you really want to ride into the press conference on. No. You know what I mean? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's not the, the horse. Well, it's because he doesn't care. Yeah, it's not that he's not aware that that's a reputation. It's just he doesn't care that that's the reputation. And uh, as much as he wants to pretend he's above these things, I think also the emotions got to the best of him. Mm-hmm. Like he was upset. He obviously didn't want to lose that game. He knows he's going to hear about it, mm-hmm. and he felt he saw something that was wrong. And he's like, "Hey, people on this team. Some people on this team are not uh, are not all in." Now, meanwhile. However, it's actually pronounced. That was my best guess. They've got to be furious right now. They have to be. Like you let this guy go, you know, play play the cup, uh, play with his country, which you had to. It was a FIFA date, but yeah, I mean, you could have asked for him not to go. He aggravates the thigh again. He mm-hmm. comes back. Your doctors look at him, and he is in fact injured. This has got to be infuriating. And also, you know, you have this weird PR thing that's happening. Now, I'm sure this doesn't really matter in Germany. Uh, no one probably pays attention to it. But like, you've got to be upset. Like, how how flexible are you going to be when Jurgen Klinsmann calls for a favor and wants to take this player out on one of those non-FIFA dates that, for whatever reason, we will play on? Right. You're not going to cooperate. No, no chance. Not at all. Not at all. We're, you're not gonna. You're not gonna allow this to happen because not only is my player gonna get injured, you're also gonna badmouth him. So he's gonna come back and he's got an attitude. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I there's so many things I guess that you you want to give positive credit to Jurgen Klinsmann for, but I feel like we as apologists have given him a pass oh, so on a lot of the negative things that he gets away with. And I'm not entirely, you know, because he's, frankly, because he's foreign and we think that that means that he knows more about soccer than us. And I'm not, it, I, that doesn't fly anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. He very well would most likely does know mm-hmm. more than we, literally, myself and you. Oh, yeah, know. way more than we know about soccer. Very sure. Easily. Of course he does. What I'm not convinced on is he actually knows the American players better than than anybody else. Does. Nor does he know how to instill the type of information and knowledge that needs to go into these players to play the type of game that I think we as a soccer nation now mm. expect of our teams. There's enough attractive soccer in MLS that when you turn on the men's national team and you see 
Route 1 football lump the ball over the top to Josie out the door, it gets kind of frustrating. It does because you also know that's not going to work. No. <laughs> that's not going to it doesn't work at all. Oh, that's not going to fly. And I remember there was some Jurgen Klinsmann quote months and months ago, and he was talking about um, how in sports in, in, in America, we will reward people for what they've done in the past. And he, and he meant for um, like contracts. And he used, I believe, Kobe Bryant was one of his examples. Like He's won all this stuff in the past, and he gets these giant contracts, mm-hmm. even though over a length of time, your skills diminish. You know, the older you get, your skills are not going to be as valuable. Um, And on the one hand, I'm like, okay, well, I I see from a very literal standpoint where that comes from, that what people are getting paid for is what they did yesterday, not what they're going to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's frequently the case. Then I look at these guys, like, Kobe Bryant was playing the other day. He looked fantastic. Like, you see these guys. Right. And they can still do it. Like Peyton Manning's a trillion years old, but they're winning football games. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady's too old to play, and he's playing. <laughs> and playing well. And, and this this is when I become a jerk, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, the United States is more gold medals than just about every, anybody, except probably the Soviet Union. Um, our methods seem to work. You know, like the way we approach sports seems to work for every other sport we play. We dominate almost everything. And I don't think that's accidental. I really don't. And I do understand there's always something that we can learn from others. Absolutely true. But throwing out everything is like, oh, you're an American. This is stupid. I'm like, well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe there's another thought. And if Jurgen Clemson were to go, I would support having a new coach be an American coach. I would support having a new coach who has a track record of actually implementing, uh, you know, a tactical system. Uh, you can give as much credit for Bayern as you want. I mean, excuse me, for the Germany national team as you want to Jurgen. I, I think clearly he built the right type of youth development system there. And maybe that's his greater skill. So keep him, I, as a, keep him as a technical director. I'm fine with like, that. Like maybe that is actually what he should be doing. I'm about sick of him as a men's national team coach, though. But what this game means is that we are going to have a year in 2017 where we don't play any competitive, major, meaningful games. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally view this to be a major loss. A lot of people sort of say, yeah, it's the Confederations Cup. Who cares? But considering— Bruce Arena's one of those people, by the way. He was. But considering our track record in, in these games that matter, as you said it a little bit earlier on, I think you need to have as many of them as possible before you go to Russia for the World Cup in 2018. Yeah. And especially a team like ours needs yeah. as many of these. You have, you have such a huge disparity in terms of, of experience on this team. You have guys like Clint Dempsey and Tim Howard, who look pretty good, actually, against Costa Rica. Uh, mm-hmm. Josie Altador, who have, you know, between them, what, 300 caps maybe, probably? Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. approaching that. Um, coupled with the fact that you have the Bobby Woods and the Jordan Morrises of the world, who between them maybe have a dozen. And mm-hmm. so it's – you want those players – to be put into difficult situations ahead of the time that you really, really, really need them to succeed. You know, you, you, want, you want between now and 2017 to sort of get all those young guys through the pipeline, get them into the system, get them sort of acclimated to what it's like to play for the men's national team. 
Mm-hmm. And then you want to go see what they can do. You want to put pressure on them. You want to see what, what they're made of. Um, we don't really have an opportunity to do that until the World Cup. Well, if the, the infamous Copa America centenario Very uh, nice. actually does happen yeah. in the U.S., we at least have that in, uh, we do. Uh, next, next year. Mm-hmm. It, that's still not 2017, but um, at, le- at least we have something. Right. Um, but otherwise, it's World Cup qualifiers. And then that's it. That's all we got. And Ginger's, I'm looking at it right now. Our first one's November 13th. So we've only got a couple weeks. Oh, in St. Louis, this game. Yeah. Bush Stadium. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. Playing St. Vincent. If and, he and the Grenadines. Beat, if he can't beat St. <laughs> Vincent, he question. immediately. Let me ask this question. If we lose to St. Vincent and the Grenadines... You got to toss him immediately. Can he get actually? Could, could he get fired if he lost to St. Vincent and the Grenadines? I think that's a loss. I could because, like you were saying earlier, it's not single result. It would be the pattern. Like you're losing to Mexico, which is bad. More important, Costa Rica, which is bad. But if you can't beat St. Vincent, which is barely a country, let alone a team, uh, I just I, I don't I don't know what we're going to do with you. Well, it would be clear. <laughs> it would be clear evidence that he's lost the team. Like yes. from a charismatic standpoint. Like, he no yeah, longer is in control of what happens in that locker room. Oh, not at all. I mean, they're currently ranked uh, 122nd in the world. Yeah. We should be okay, is what you're saying. We really should just walk right through this thing. We really should. For that. Um, Trinidad should be a win. Guatemala is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. But the group that we have at this stage in um, World Cup qualifying, we, we should be winning this group. You've got to be optimistic, at least. Uh, I know it's always tough to play away, and those are the matches that are going to hurt. But when you're playing in St. Louis in November, it should be fairly cold. Yeah, in St. Louis in November, we've got to win that game. If you can't, oh, Alex, if you can't win that, I'm done. Well, I'm done now. Burn it down. Burn the whole thing. Uh, The one comparison I can make to other U.S. sports, um, just the value of these these rivalry games, is to college football. Oh yes. And, and you know this because you're a Virginia Tech guy, mm-hmm. but you have to beat the rival. Like you just have to. You could you could have when you can get away with it like one or two seasons. You could get away with like not doing it. But if you're going to have like a decent coaching career at any college football program, you could have like a 500 season. You know what I mean? But if you beat the rival, you're staying in play. That's quite literally what's happening at Virginia Tech. I mean, quite literally, we went, I think, 6-6 six and six in the regular season last year, but beat Virginia for the 11th straight year. Keep your job. You keep your job. Frank Greenberg is still the head coach. But I'll does, tell you this. If he lost to Virginia, he's, 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 he's out, out of the there. Door. He's gone. Yep. <laughs> he's gone. He's gone. Absolutely gone. Yep. And I feel that, that soccer, especially in Europe, um, works that way. Where uh, I mean, at the national level, um, like if you if you can't if you can't beat like our, our hated rival, whoever they are, and everybody has somebody. It's like, well, why are you here? <laughs> what are you here yep. for? What is your and purpose? What's the point? What's the point? Mexico's that for us, right? Now, beating Mexico dos Cero is always satisfying, but that was a friendly. That that game didn't matter. <laughs> you know, it just didn't matter. Um, the game that did matter, they beat us three to two. That's a problem. That's a problem. And that's something you get your walking papers for. Yep. Uh, and apparently the uh, kit designer for Nike is sharing our mournful, somber, <laughs> sad existence. 
Did you see the rumors of the next U.S. men's national team home kit? I did. I did. The all blacks. The I... all blacks. I know you hate it because that's not a color <sighs> of the American flag. I just don't understand. You heard me <laughs> rail on. To do no, with the United States nothing. At all. You heard me rail on how it's a travesty that Mexico doesn't have a green jersey right now. This isn't quite <laughs> that bad. But my point is, you know, we've talked about uniforms on this show many times. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. My thing is, have at least some consistency. What is the point of black? Like, if you want to change the sock color or the shorts color, cool. Mm-hmm. If you want to do, you know, the stripe tops like they did a couple of years ago with the, the horizontal stripes. I love those tops. I really like those. Um, but black? Why black? <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing for, from my perspective. Uh, if they do an all-black jersey, I'm buying one of those day one. Oh, I, I am too. But I, I absolutely need one of those. And um, we did the, the U.S. Jordan women's Morris. team had a uh, all-black jersey um, a, a little while back, uh, several years at this point. But, but the, not as their primary, one. right? Uh, I think the thinking here is that this is the primary shirt. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still grabbing it. Also, the rumor is, but there's no justification. There's there's no reason why there should be a U.S. jersey that's black. So there's no way for me to defend it on that stance. Right. Other than I think it would be hella cool. Oh yeah, it would look totally would dope. Awesome. 1991 <laughs> called, and they want their you know oh, uniform man. design theory back. Oh, man. And there's also the rumor that they're doing. They're finally updating the crest. Oh, uh, now the, I will tell you right now. I love that leaked crest design. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's even close to accurate. And the source that's leaking it has a really good track record. Um, if that's even close to accurate, I'm like, oh, that's even better than the Centennial one, which yeah. I loved. I love the Centennial look we had. But yeah, if they go black, I, I'm, I'm going to buy that. But yeah, there's no justification for it. It makes no sense. I don't understand. No sense at all. at all. Mexico did it. Uh, we're doing it. I don't get it. I, is it the 90s again? I just don't understand. I'm sorry. Well, at least the Chicago Fire next year are not uh, sort of taking advantage of that. My Ladies beloved gentlemen, future Alex Kibler's future investment. team, <laughs> the Chicago Fire yeah. Soccer Club, by uh-huh. the way, which is something I appreciate about your team. They're an SC. We're Americans. Have, we're Americans. Have a new shirt sponsor. They're no longer the Quaker Oats people. They're now sponsored by Valspar. I have a and real then, question. Okay. Which of those is more embarrassing? Being paint or being Quaker Oats? Quaker Oats. Quaker I Oats. think clearly, yeah. Quaker now, Oats is, is worse. I don't think you, you're truly embarrassed by either, but I think if we're going to pick uh, Quaker Oats. So follow-up question now. What is yes. the worst shirt sponsor in MLS now? Now that Quaker Oats is sort of on the way out. Because I would have said um, it was Quaker Oats. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I can see an argument for Herbalife because it's like a, it's like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, it's like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're like so, an Avon lady, except uh, with like, I can herbal see that. supplements. Um, Advocare is that as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and of course, now they're also a league sponsor. <laughs> yeah, they're the oh. official – what? Official uh, like drink or whatever? Like where you would see – I don't know. Um, Gatorade, you know, on the sidelines of any other sporting See, event. They're all advocates. But what's strange is you've never seen those before. There's nowhere to buy them. <laughs> it's the strangest yeah, thing. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But it's also some weird thing. Uh, those are those are top. Um, 
Bimbo is up there just because of what that means in English. See, I think it's got to be Barbasol, right? Really? Yeah. You don't like shaving? No, I love to shave, but I mean, it's not 1971 anymore, and people don't really use Barbasol. You know what? When they got that, I bought a can of Barbasol. <laughs> so you're telling me that their shirt sponsorship was successful? <laughs> yeah, when, when they got, when they got Barbasol. You bought, like, wait, stop. Yes, you yes. bought a can of Barbasol yes. because it was on 100%. the Columbus Crew shirt. 100%. <sighs> you know why? Because when they got them, I'm like, that still exists? I, I didn't realize. I need to talk to you about some great herbal supplements. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a great, I'm a great customer. Yeah. When Philadelphia got Bimbo, I bought some of their bread. Is their bread good? I've never had it. It's a lot like Wonder Bread. Well, it's <laughs> it probably is. made in the same place. But, but the, it probably is. The company itself owns a bunch of brands that you're probably already buying. They're, like, huge. Sure. But the, but the, the one that is that same brand, the Bimbo brand... It's, it's like Wonder Bread. It's but going all the way back to my initial segue, Chicago's what was it for? I don't even remember. No, Chicago's New Jersey got leaked because of their new their paint new sponsor. Jersey. But here's yeah. the thing: uh, the hold on, the crew used to have uh, Glidden paint. They did. This they had Glidden paint. Although I associate paint. Glidden with, don't they also make like trash bags? You're thinking of Glad. Oh, I am thinking of Glad. Anyway, oh, shoot. <laughs> I've been thinking of Glad this whole time. <laughs> I'm here to help, Alex. Yeah, Stay clearly. Anyway, yeah, new design, shirt design with a very noticeable absence. Oh, yes, Gingers. The, should I call them maligned? Is that fair? Oh, it's the, 100% fair. The maligned three-stripe shoulder epaulets that all Adidas kicks, uh, kits have. All Do you remember those T-shirts that they had like that in like the late 90s, early 2000s that were just yeah. T-shirts with Adidas stripes on them? That's what the kits are now. That's, what, that's literally <laughs> what NYCFC shirt is, is that shirt. Every, yeah. like every Adidas kit, any, anywhere in the globe, that's how they're made. They have – all of them have those three stripes. Now, my and, understanding of the re-sort of – uh, equipping of teams is that not every team gets new shirts every year. So we're going to have teams. It's, it might be a mix here. Right. Uh, well, my understanding... Hold on. Let, let's let's get to what the what the difference is. Okay. Those are gone. Yeah. The three stripes on the shoulders are gone. Completely They're gone. Now on the signs. Yep. It looks like, which is a lot less noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it looks better. It looks a lot cleaner. It does. So I understand why Adidas wants to do that. That three stripe design. That is their design. You know, it's 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 almost like the Nike swoosh for them. But on the shoulders, it looks kind of weird. That it's been that way for a long time. Well, it's too. It's too. It's too obvious. It's one of those things where if you're going to have, you know, those three stripes worked in the design, at least do it differently for every team. You know, it, it's almost as if it's not like they're even independent teams. That's that's what mm. makes that's what bothers me about it is that the teams don't feel like they're separate in any way because they all have the exact same stripes on their sleeves. And I, for, for some reason, it stood out to me the most on the new Manchester United jersey. Oh, yes. It's weird. I'm like, oh, that looks really strange. Yeah. And I don't know why it looks so strange on that jersey specifically, but it really does. Uh, but that's all gone. It's all going away. And I've never understood why Adidas wasn't fine with just their Adidas logo, like every other 
person does. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's going to go away. And much like the, uh, there's been some Euro 2016 kits that have been released. Much like that look, um, it's, it's gone from the shoulders. And it looks so much cleaner, Alex. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, much cleaner. <laughs> and I know Valspar sounds like an alien, but they make paint. And I think it's going to be good for your Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about how they're investing these days? Are you trying to reference the fact that they have this multi-million dollar practice facility in the north side of Chicago and they play... $20 million. $20 million. <sighs> now, that's not enough to have a proper stadium. I no, not even close. That. But with the land that you already have that's in Chicago, I don't understand. Heads I are going to roll when I get there, Jeff. Oh, my God. I got the bloodbath. That's going to happen when yeah. you're in church. Heads will roll. Oh, my goodness. But it's going to be a different league by the time that that happens. You know, it's going to be vi- a very different league. The league is very soon thinking about piloting video replay. Hey! It's like 1997 right now. I don't even... Why, why are you choosing those years? I don't know. I love the 90s. Clearly. Yeah, Pearl Clearly. Jam was really great. <sighs> <laughs> What are we gonna do with you? What are we gonna do with you? So I like this. I like it a lot. Um, there was I can't remember was the Dutch league or not. Someone else tried to get FIFA's permission to do. This, I think it was the Dutch league, and it was rejected. Yeah. Um, and the way that MLS is doing it is it's a different implementation. I'd have to reread the article to see what the difference is, but they're hopeful that it'll get approved. Uh, but what it comes down to is there would be video replay possibilities on penalties, red cards, and goals themselves. But this isn't a NFL challenge system. Uh, coaches, managers, they have no ability to make this happen. At least that's my understanding right. of what they're trying to do here. This is all up to the referee. What's group. great about this is that they've, they've already headed off at the past sort of the, the biggest complaint with this kind of thing in that – these challenges, these these um, reviews are only going to be help, uh, happening in already natural breaks in the action yep. of the game. There's already going to be a 30-second stoppage when the team goes and celebrates their goal or you try mm-hmm. to get lined up for that penalty. You're not, you're not including – you're not including all this extra time into the game to try to review these kinds of things, which is mm-hmm. really great. And it's funny because I, I remember ve- being – Kind of, I think I was against when like college football and the NFL brought in video replay. And now whenever I'm on I'm flipping through the channels and there's like a classic football game on and there's some controversial play, I'm always like, oh right, it hasn't already had like already for me, video replay in college football is already normal. Like that's that's mm-hmm. why hasn't it always been that way? Is like the way I feel and about it's, it. It's actually somewhat recent. <laughs> Yeah, it's and, very and still, recent, and I and I think still not in every conference in, in college. Uh, it's it's in all the FBS the schools, ones. but not the smaller ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, some of the like Division two and stuff. It doesn't exist, but it's... Uh, I still call it that. I haven't adjusted. Um, and in the NFL, like they had video replay, they got rid of it because it ate up too much time. And then they brought it back under that challenge system, and that's worked really well for them. Mm-hmm. That's worked really well. Uh, the NBA has video replay. <laughs> Major League Baseball. Has video replay. Listen, if you can convince sport, baseball I mean, to do it, you can convince anyone to do exactly. it. Exactly. Seriously, baseball's willing to willing to give it a oh. shot. 
Jesus. Oh, we'll, we'll try technology. It's like, okay, you know you're behind now if baseball yeah. is, is, is ahead of you. Um, so I, I think only it, it'll be a good thing. And you'll you'll stop having these experiences that we've all had either at a match or watching one on TV. Well, especially one on TV where they can show you this thing a hundred times. You're like, it's obvious, you know, what the call's wrong. Mm-hmm. But the, the ref has no way of seeing that. If they weren't literally looking at it right that second, they have no – there's just no way. And they always have every player from both teams screaming at them, telling them the, that the call's wrong. So that can't influence you in any way. And if you do a call against the home team, the crowd will boo you regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So you have no other information you could use to, to overturn a call if you and your referee crew say, like, yeah, that was right. The video replay will be good. And, and because it's those calls that have stoppages anyway, that's where the controversy is. Those are game-changing calls. Mm-hmm. Goals, obviously. Uh, penalties, obviously. Red cards, Obviously, like those are things you want to check on. We don't need to check on like should this have been a free kick or a yellow card. Like, no, we don't need all that. All right, should this have been just a warning or a foul? Like, I, I don't care. Should advantage have been played? None of this matters to me. Um, was that truly offsides? Like, uh, first of all, that would take forever to sort. Well, out. exactly. Those things would, first of all, add huge amounts of time to the game, and that's one of the great things. You know, talking about football again, that's one of the great things I love about soccer is that. It's not football. You don't have five-minute reviews of film. You know, oh, yeah. If they can keep it to be within those natural stoppages in play, I am all for video replay in the league, okay. 100%. I think it's going to be good. I, I think, think it's going to be too. good. Do, do you know, and I obviously should know, but when implementation is supposed to happen? I don't know. I think they're going to be piloting it, I think, next Fall. There's some friendlies or some non-comp- non-competitive mm-hmm. games next fall, like in October or something. I think it said mm-hmm. in the in the article. Um, they're they're going to be piloting it, so stay tuned for all that kind of stuff. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, so I'm really sad. Oh, you know why? Is it because you had to spend an entire weekend with your girlfriend's mom? No, it's because I've thought. That Glidden was glad bags for like four oh, years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I'm here to help. I'm here to help. It's really been said. No, uh, it's because the Bronx will not have playoff soccer. Oh, did uh, did they they not they didn't qualify? Did, no. what, what what happened? Why don't you, in your own words, <laughs> update us? Yeah, the people who just we have not been paying. We're not good. We, we we need your help. We're not good at soccer. What happened? Alex we're, we're not Taylor? good at soccer. We're not very good at soccer. We have Chris Winger and Jeb Brovsky on our team. <laughs> they they play a lot of minutes. <laughs> and I was gonna say those are also some of your better players. They play meaningful minutes. I don't know this team. It was always a long shot. It has been such a comedy of errors this season in terms of personnel decisions that the fact that we even got to the beginning of October thinking hey there might be a chance we could make the playoffs here if we make a run isn't it in and of itself you know a decent success and you've got to be optimistic with the team sort of going into next season being in the uh being in the position that they're in and being able to hopefully add a few pieces here and there in the off season you have that good spine. That spine and that core understands how Jason Christ wants to play soccer. So you've got to be somewhat optimistic going into next year. They had flashes of brilliance during the season. They did. There is stuff there that I think if you're an NYCFC season ticket holder, like some 
annoying person I know. You have something to be proud of and something to look forward to. Obviously, this is a disappointing season because you came into this thinking you were going to make it. Especially once you read like, oh, they're expanding playoffs to six teams. Yeah, you think you have a chance. It's like, oh, we've got a chance. We can make this happen. Yeah. And no, the answer is no. Firmly Like You just can't make it happen. There just isn't enough there. Um, I do expect to see a pretty busy offseason, though, for this team. Yeah, I do too. A lot lot of people are going to go. I hope City Football Group has enough patience or um, doesn't view it as a high enough priority. Yeah, let's hope they just don't give a shit. (laughs) Um, To at least let Jason Christ have another season. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, though, if they don't make it season two, I wouldn't be surprised. We, they just don't. Oh yeah, he's walk. done. He's done after that. You want to go around the league, Jeff? <sighs> Wait one th- one thing I have to say, and we're yeah. going to talk about it next week. This game is literally happening uh, at the time of recording. There is a, de- a decisive Toronto FC game uh, versus New York Red Bulls happening right now, and your favorite person in the world, Josie Altador, mm-hmm. got a red card. <gasps> from the fr- from the bench, and uh, I have I haven't what? seen it yet because I'm doing this podcast and I have to look at this. The you reason gotta... is foul and abusive language. Uh huh. Like, what did you do? Josie? What he was on the bench. He's on the bench. So when I first like saw a little notice, he got a red card. I'm like, oh, Josie, did you punch somebody? Like, what? Oh, happened? he's suspended for next week's game. Uh huh. And I think they play Columbus. Well, they need to win the if – if they draw or win this game, which you, Gingers, listening to this already know the result, they would have qualified for um, Which congratulations the to them. But if they With lose – the hot commodity that is Sebastian Javinko right now. But if they uh, – yeah, that's, he might be actually tough for them to hold on to. Yeah. Um, although in an interview, he sounded very happy to be in Toronto. I hope he <laughs> Frankly, it's the best he's football he's ever played. Yeah. Um, it's good for him. He's getting called into the Italian national team. It's actually working out pretty well for him. I need to watch this. I'll watch it after the pod. I'm like, what happened? What did Josie do? Getting a red card from the bench, you had to have been way out of line. I cannot wait to see it. people were screaming stuff all, all game. People were saying all kinds of crap. You must have screamed something way offensive to uh, uh, the fourth official. And that was it. This is going to be <laughs> that great. Was it. It's going to be oh, great. Man. Let's go around the league, Jeff. Sorry, I had to mention that. Okay. Friday right. night on Unimas, Orlando City at home. Of the disappointment. So, Orlando <laughs> City. Against NYCFC. Orlando City. Yeah. Technically, technically has a shot. You remember when we thought we both of the teams are going to make the playoffs? Both yeah. expansion teams? I still think that was a decent call at the time we made the call. I think it was, too. I think it was, too. At the time, we didn't know Montreal was going to get drunk, but we didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't known. Orlando Um, realistically has to win to stay alive. Theoretically, they could take one point and stay alive, although I don't see how that's possible. They need to win. They need to win this game. They they need to pick up six points. And you have to to think that NYCFC is going to go one of two ways. They're going to not show up at all. Or they're going to come out playing mad, and they're going to be ferocious. So it really depends, I think, on what NYCFC team shows up. It, it is true, but I'm still feeling a draw for this one. I really am. But like a high-scoring draw, like a 2-2. I, I think that's probably a fair scoreline. I think 2-2 sounds about right to me for that yeah, one. Uh, also like Friday that. night, San Jose at home against Sporting Kansas City. That's at, what, 11 Eastern? Jeez, I'm going to be asleep. Yeah, uh, But 11 Eastern time. 
So uh, Sporting, of course, wants to win every game they play, obviously. Mm-hmm. San Jose needs to win. They are tied on points with Portland, but Portland has a game in hand on them Yep. right now. So if San Jose drops points, it's bad news, real bad news. They have work to do still. Uh, I think San Jose could get a point out of this match. I'm going to say a 1-1 draw between these two teams. Mm-hmm. I think SKC's recent form has not been outstanding, but I still also think that they have so much potential that if they do, you know, if, if SKC can sort of ride out this little rocky patch, they could actually make noise in the playoffs this this uh, this fall. So um, I, I also have a feeling that we're looking at a draw here, but I'm taking a nil-nil. I haven't wow. been too happy with either team. Okay. Um, but but the same thing. I think San Jose is grabbing a point, and they're getting really they're they're sweating. It's it's going to be a rough one right to the end. Yeah. Saturday. <sighs> God, there's so many games to talk about. There are so Toronto Columbus could matter depending on how this match that's mm-hmm. happening right in time of recording is ends up. Um, so if Toronto hasn't qualified, they have to win this game. Yeah. I, I think if we're talking about this game, I think Toronto can beat Columbus at home. I'm gonna say two one Toronto for that one. Toronto plays pretty well at BMO Field. You know, they do all right there. Um I you know what, I'll also take Toronto, even though I've been on the hashtag new crew all year. Mm-hmm. You sure have. Hashtag new crew all year. I'm gonna take Toronto, but I'm I'm only giving them one. I'm giving them a one nil. And I've got an update on that game, by the way. Oh. That's hit me right now. <gasps> I see it. Hercules Gomez. 1-0 Toronto. I bet BMO Field is absolutely blowing up right now. Oh, they're going nuts. And and it's against a real team. This is against the Red Bulls, who are good this year. They are. Very much so. Really, really good. Much to my Um, chagrin. Herc? Herc. You, who is somehow still playing, you you, you do you, man. <laughs> yeah. You're like a thousand years old, but I support it. I've always liked Hercules. Also on Saturday, New England at home against Montreal. That's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Montreal, I, you win, you're in. That's and it. That's why, and that's why I think they are going to win. I think they are, too. I'm going to take my – and I know Jack, my, my good friend in Massachusetts, will disown me, but I, I'm taking – Montreal, uh, this is going to be nasty. Montreal 2, New England 1. I'm going to take Montreal 2, New England nil. <laughs> wow, nothing for New England? That's harsh. Now, here's how I know that my prediction will go ultimately horribly wrong. Uh, New England is projecting 40,000 40, plus. 40,000 people. Can you that imagine is, that? Well, that's a proper, for a stadium that's that a size, proper that's crowd. a proper match. That's, that's a proper, a proper crowd. crowd. This is Gillette Stadium. It seats over 60. So, like, 40,000 they can easily hold. But that would be the most they have ever had. Which is uh, good for at least, them. At least that's for regular great. season. They I, may have had more in the playoffs. That's but, such, you know, along with Chicago, are such criminally undertapped markets in terms oh of how God. MLS has sort of gotten into that market. I think you it, put a, a good stadium downtown Chicago and a good stadium downtown Boston, and they're probably two of the best-supported teams in the league. Hands I, down. Like, like uh, and maybe it comes from just living in Boston more recently for for me. Guaranteed, you put that downtown, th- pe- people are showing up. Yeah, people are showing up in droves. Also, Gingers, for those of you who are new to the league and you watch like a New England game, you're like, oh, it's kind of empty. These are the biggest crowds they've had in years. Mm-hmm. 
than you're seeing right now. So just imagine what it was like like four years ago. Yeah, there used like, to be no one at these games. No one went to these games. This is like the best they're doing. Uh, RSL Dallas. <sighs> yeah, we have to go through all of these Saturday well, games well, because well, they all matter. matter yeah, all RSL matter realistically has to win this match to stay alive. Um, yep. They're a long shot at this point. Um, they're three points behind the red line, but they do have a game in hand. Um, you know, they, uh, it's tough because San Jose mm-hmm. and Portland are already, you know, ahead of them. Portland and them have both played the same number of uh, games too. So Portland mm-hmm. has only played 31 matches and is three mm-hmm. points ahead of RSL. RSL really has to win out to realistically have a chance. They really do. And, and, and I got to say this, normally uh, a league leader like a FC Dallas, I'm sorry, conference leader like FC Dallas, you know, 51 points. They're mm-hmm. currently above LA Galaxy. Um, do they play fewer games? This would be a type of match where you would, you know, trot out, you know, your young players, your unproven players. But that's who they play every week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's the players. first choice team. <laughs> that's the first uh, eleven. And lest we only. forget, Gingers, this RSL team has to play home to Portland, home at, against Dallas, and at Seattle Sounders on the final day of the season. I just and the riot that's isn't brutal. what it used to be. That's brutal. I really think FC Dallas is going to come in there and, and and win. Have I taken a win away? No, no, no. I took Toronto winning. Okay. I thought I took away wins for everybody on Saturday. Like, that's not going to happen. No. I've got Dallas winning that. I, I really do. I think I think it's going to be Dallas 2, RSL 1. I think that's a fair result. And then Sunday evening, mm-hmm. LA Galaxy at home against Portland Timbers. That yeah, match is on there? FS1. Jeff Ross is going to be there. I'm going to be there, baby. You got to meet up with some of our fans out there, man. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'll I'll be like, hey, our one fan in LA. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nikki. Hey, dude. What's up? Uh, Since I'm in attendance, I'm assuming a glorious victory. Uh, You better hope so. Also, they just win at StubHub. They just win. I think Portland's going to be able to take some points from their remaining games. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. how much they're going to get out of this one. Uh, I, I think they're going to have to hope for something else. I, I legitimately just, think it's going to come down to how many minutes you get out of Zardes after having played, you know, just a few days prior. Mm-hmm. You know, if you no, can get 60 true. minutes out of Giassi Zardes, I think it's going to be easy. I actually think I'm going to take a draw on this one. I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. I'd be so disappointed with a nil-nil. You don't even know. Oh, my God. It, it, would, it would ruin your life. I'd be so pissed. You'll yeah. hear about it next week if that's yep. what ends up happening. Now, I know it's not a league match, but on Tuesday... We have some CCL action, ladies and gentlemen. RSL is playing Municipal. Yeah. And I'm actually going to take RSL for this because I feel like they are gearing themselves, like they've written off the season in a way. And I think they're gearing up for a CCL. Well, they also have the advantage of not having their logo design in MS Paint like Municipal has. That does help. Slightly. Always helps. Also in uh, CCL action, Communicaciones. Perfect. That went well. Plays LA Galaxy. That game is away for the Galaxy. And Galaxy are going to have a lot of trouble because they have to leave Step-Up Center. Yeah, and Olympia plays host to Vancouver Whitecaps on Thursday night. So try to see as much of that soccer as you can. Uh, I don't think the Olympia-Vancouver match is on TV, but FS Plus for uh, the LA Galaxy match and FS2. I don't don't either. And FS2 for RSL. Ways that you can get in touch with us, Gingers. How? At Straight Red Podcast on Twitter. That's the show. At Jeff is Famous mm-hmm. on Twitter. That's Jeff. At Alex mm-hmm. S. Kibler on Twitter. The S stands for soccer. 
straight red at iCloud. Right? Straight red at iCloud or is it straight red podcast at iCloud? Why, straight red. You're the, you're the only one who has access to That's that. That's true. It's why, straight why red at iCloud.com, straight red podcast on Instagram, and straight red on Facebook. Jeff, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show mm-hmm. Quiet Time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the Lonely Gingers this evening? Sometimes. <laughs> I do that for you. Man. No, I, it, it makes me feel like you're still here. <laughs> like at this point, I do it for you. Uh, Sometimes, yeah, you'll have done a podcast mm-hmm. with a former coworker for almost a year. Almost. Yeah, we're getting there, and he'll say to you, six fifteen. We're gonna record this at six <laughs> fifteen. And, and, and at 620, he'll tell you, I'm just minutes away from my house. And he's technically correct, because all time can be measured in units of minutes. Yes. And then at 715, that's when the project starts. You had to wait a whole hour for some jabroni. Uh, did you just drop jabroni on me? This after we celebrated our Ruby anniversary last week, Jeff. How <laughs> dare you? <sighs> I literally just Googled what is the 40th anniversary for something. Go oh, forth in sh- soccer, gingers. Get out of here. You shouldn't have told me that you Googled it. I was impressed for like a split second. I'm really struggling here to find something else. That's right. We'll just do that thing. We'll just do those things. It'll be a short show. Okay. Let me go to the bathroom and then we'll go. Are you taking a poop? Nope. I'll be back momentarily. You're pooping. I nope. can tell. <laughs> How big is this poop? <laughs>